Reflecting on what you just said, for quite a while there, I reckon it would have been close to probably six to eight months where I was actually applying for roles, whether that's for Cricket Australia or the AFL, and I just was not getting into my first picked roles. I, you know, I'd get volunteer opportunities and I, I had to just sit down and think what was the gap and I identified that my targeted network was my gap. I did not know enough people in the sporting industry for them to be able to be a reference point for me or someone that I can learn from or ask questions about how they got into a job that was their first picked in the same area in the sports industry. So I quickly identified that I needed to expand my network and this easily by far is the best way to expand your network. G'day guys, coming up on the show today is Path Suri. Path is the Community Engagement Manager at the Adelaide Crows Football Club. And Path holds the record for the fastest member to land a full-time job in sport, just 29 days between becoming a member and getting a job. Once working full-time in the banking industry, Path made the transition into the AFL where he's now living the dream. In this app, we dive deep into what Path did during those 29 days and how he made full use of the community resources and networks at his disposal. There's lots to look forward to, including how to navigate career swapping, landing a job at an AFL club, and learning how to improve your job applications. Let's go. I started volunteering. It's all about who you know in sport. Am I going to be calling the last 10 seconds of the grand final? You can connect with the interviewer. The hand goes up when they've got to make a decision. Having a network is one of the most important things you can do. I didn't necessarily follow my passion. I followed my curiosity. Once you've worked in sport, there's no going back. And then lo and behold, before I left, I got offered two. Hello and welcome to the Sportscope podcast, the ultimate guide to make it in the sports industry. I'm Ryan Walker. Joining me is the lively Ruben Williams and we are two mates who met at Cricket Australia and each week we learn how people made it in the sports industry. We tease out their career decisions, their work habits, their skills and everything that they do that makes them great also that you can get in and get promoted and get thriving in the sports industry. Rubes, I said lively because you are back in Australia, albeit battling a bit of jet lag, but how are you, my friend? G'day, Ryan. I'm doing well, thank you. I am alive. I'm up to the Australian leg of my trip now. I've been away for five and a half months, and uh, I haven't quite made it home just yet. I've got a, a stop in Brisbane where I'm recording this from right now. Then we go to Sydney. Then we go to Melbourne for the meetups. And uh, after the meetup on Friday night, sometime in the early hours of the morning, I will finally make it home to my bed. So doing well, thank you. Brilliant, mate. Well, uh, I hadn't thought about the Australian leg, but it is pretty tough to come back from a trip and then have three days of meetups ready to jump into. Well, not tough. It's a privilege. We love doing them. Uh, but it is tough on the body. So, uh, no, nah, that is uh, – it's a, it's a big effort. Mm. Well, I – couldn't do it any other way. So I love the meetups. You're right. It is an absolute privilege to be able to run these meetups. And we, we love the uh, the benefit that the meetups offer other people. Every time that people come to these meetups, they meet wonderful people, grow their network, and amazing things stem out of that. And um, for those people who are thinking of coming to a Perth meetup this week or coming to future meetups in Australia, um, I just want to share with you uh, a few times on my travels where my network has significantly increased the experience of my trip. <laughs> yeah. So your network doesn't just help you with a job or your career, but it can help you in a lot of different ways. And uh, funnily enough, these four examples all come from the sports industry, but they haven't helped me with a the job. They've just kind of helped me have a great time. So I've got four examples for you. The first time networking helped me on my trip, Ryan, was in Switzerland when I stayed with podcast royalty Garth Towen from the International Olympic Committee and he said to me if you come into Switzerland you've got to visit Lausanne I'll show you around the International Olympic Committee and you can stay at my place for a couple of nights and so we did exactly that and it was one of the highlights of the trip because Lausanne is beautiful getting to see Garth was terrific and the International Olympic Committee officers are outstanding number two was uh, staying with Fran our member from Portugal so Fran came to a Sydney meetup last year and he said to me, if you're going to Portugal, you've got to come to Lisbon and you've got to stay with me and my family. So we did exactly that. We stayed with Fran for about two weeks. 
I said to Fran, I was like, we're we planning on staying in Lisbon for a while. Are you sure that's okay? He's like, yeah, yeah, my parents love hosting people. No worries at all. So we, uh, we had this incredible spare bedroom on the fifth story of an apartment block that overlooked the water and it was right on the right. It was, it was an incredible view. Um, so that was number two. Number three was um, staying with a friend of mine called Kiri and her partner, Maria. And I met Kiri doing an international, um, at an international conference through my um, Unisport internship days back in 2016. And we're still in touch. So not only did she let me stay at her house in London, but her partner, Maria, now works for Nike, invited me along to the box at Wembley when Australia was playing England in a friendly football game. And um, guess who would show up to the box? None other than Sam Kerr. So thank you, Kiri and Maria, for that wonderful invitation. But um, again, something that I could never have kind of conjured on my own. And then lastly, the fourth time that my network had a had an influence on my trip was uh, in India. So when I was at Cricket Australia, my head of department was Finn Bradshaw. Finn has now gone on to become the head of digital at the ICC, has one of the most important roles in cricket in the world. And um, I, I texted him and I said, hey, I'm coming to India, any chance you can hook me up with some tickets? He said, yep, not an issue. So I got some tickets to the Australia versus Afghanistan match where Glenn Maxwell goes and makes the greatest one-day international innings of all time and by far the best individual sporting effort I've ever witnessed in my entire lifetime. So thank you to Finn for enabling that and thank you to the rest of them for enabling those other incredible experiences. So it's not just your career, Ryan. It's not just a new job. There are plenty of wonderful experiences out there in the world that uh, your network can provide for you. Well, I was going to say, if that doesn't inspire people to get out there, it, you know, nothing will uh it's it's not just about a job it's about you know having elite experiences along the way so uh yeah get out and build your network folks and you can uh get nice little trips around the world for free uh which is always a bonus and of course see the big show hit double hundreds um but no that's fantastic and those in perth obviously we've just had our meetups rubes We've just had the Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney meetups. Perth is coming up this week, so there's still yeah. time to uh, to get to one in person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there's, there's even time to fly over to Perth if you feel like you want an, another fix of meetups uh, if you didn't get enough. Um, but no, that's brilliant. Um, while we're at it, Ruse, can't go past uh, mentioning our, our current community, some of the, some of the member wins and, and things coming up uh, inside the sports great community. Yeah, absolutely. So wins this week. I'm going to start off with Nick Stefanides, who is overseeing logistics at Tennis Australia, as well as launching his own AI consulting firm called Zeta AI. So well done to you, Nick, on both fronts. Caitlin Stones, another one, was offered a social media internship with the WNBL, which will be an outstanding experience. And um, then, of course, we've always got some events for members coming up. So we've got Rookie Speed Networking coming up on November 27th, which aligns with our next intake. So that's that's going to be a huge one. And then for our pro for our pro members, we have got a masterclass on negotiation run by none other than Pete Williams. Pete has no relation to myself, but he has started about five or six different businesses. I think the first of which he started when he was about 19 or 20 years old, where um if you don't know this, Ryan, he took the carpet out of the bin, sorry, the carpet from the MCG during the renovations of 2004. They were throwing out the dining room carpet. He took it out of the trash and said, give that to me. I'll repurpose this. I'm going to cut it up into about five by five centimeter squares, put it on a plaque, sell it back to the members for $500 a pop and made a quick million bucks out of it when he was uh, barely 20 years old. So that was just his first entrepreneurial venture. He's gone on to start several more and written several books on different sales and negotiation topics so the uh the pro members are in for an absolute treat so wouldn't that be good just uh chopping up some carpet for a quick meal um yeah that how's the timing of those two sessions so all that new members that come in are going to get access to just an event straight away so um and i can't wait for that one with with pete it's going to be unreal to hear a little bit about his journey as well um yeah Fantastic. 
If, uh, if any of you out there would like to stay up to date with everything that's going on in SportsGrad land, make sure you jump on our newsletter. Head to sportsgrad.com.au forward slash newsletter and you most you won't miss a single thing. You will not. It is uh, one of the great newsletters known to man I've heard through the grapevine, Rubes. Uh, anyway, we're going to stop talking. Uh, grab a pen. Enjoy this chat with Parth Siri. Before we jump into the episode, we've got a quick message from our good friends at Deakin University. Deakin has been a huge supporter of sports grad since day one. If you're currently studying or you've just finished studying, having a postgrad qualification in sports management on your resume can give you a huge leg up over other potential candidates applying for that same role. So if you want to pump up your resume and get specialized knowledge in sports behavior, law, marketing, ethics, finance, governance, and strategy, take a look at Deakin's postgrad qualifications. Their Master of Business in Sports Management is not one of, but the best one in Australia, ranked at number one. So add a postgrad to your resume, and that's our tip for the episode. Path, welcome to the SportsGrad podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Long time coming, like you said, offline, so I'm looking forward to it. Very long time coming, Path. We are stoked to finally chat with you. Firstly, like you've come from a, a background in banking with, with Westpac, right? Now you're with the, uh, the mighty Adelaide Crows. Are the, are the highlights of this job in the first few months far beyond what you had in the past or was banking an amazing job too? Like, tell us, what's the contrast like? Um, different, different context of amazing, if you ask me. So, you know, at All Ends, Westpac was probably the most amazing job for me in terms of personal growth and my leadership and learning what it's like in a corporate world. Um, especially in finance, which is a place that I'd never worked before. Uh, but what is it? Four months into my crow's role now, um, and I think the things that I've experienced is something that I probably would never experience working at Westpac. So it's completely at different ends of the scale. Um, to give you an example, visiting kids at the Women's and Children's Hospital here in Adelaide and just getting that perspective of how good we have it and how much we can influence people who are going through such a tough time recovering from long-term illness um, and even just us visiting them with the players and how that can make their day um, to, you know, 52,000 packed out at Adelaide Oval, big showdown, massive win um, and being involved in the operations of it as well. So it's very different um, and it's great. Absolutely loving it. Um, visiting school children in different schools, uh, making that impact through sport. Um, so yeah, very, very lucky as you would have seen my, uh, LinkedIn highlights have been, uh, you know, all over the shop. So yeah, loving it so far. Brilliant, mate. Uh, we absolutely love your journey. We're going to, we're going to get to that in just a moment, but as you know, we do start our podcast with a few quick fire questions just to, uh, you know, shed a bit of light into, you know, the story behind who you are and where you've come from. So I'll start with the uh, the first, and that is, what was your first ever job? My first ever job was at the mighty KFC, so Kentucky Fried Chicken. Um, and it basically, at the time, it was just, I needed pocket money. So <laughs> um, it was the best way to make, um, you know, nine and a half dollars an hour and uh, boast on about it to your friends on the weekend. Um, and also just gave me just the basics of customer service, um, you know, anything around communicating with different types of customers that came in. Um, they try to get me in the back uh, cooking the chicken, um, but that that wasn't um, quite my vibe. So yeah, I stuck with the uh, customer service side of things. Um, and I reckon I would have been, I was waiting to be 14 and a half to be able to be employed. So I reckon I was 14 and a half or 14 and 10 months or whatever you have to be to be legally employed here. We'll have to start calling you the Colonel. That is a outstanding role. <laughs> I think uh, Franny Tay also had KFC as a first job too. So um, we might have to connect you guys. But um, Path, other than the Colonel, what did you study at university? Um, so after moving here from India, finishing my schooling, I did a Bachelor of Sport and Recreation Management with UniSA, which um, might have UniSA representing the Crows as well on my top here. Um, it was a really good course because i massive sport fan. I love cricket, footy, um, anything to do with sport, you know, you, I love about it. So I wanted to work and be involved in that environment, um, ideally as a player, 
but you know that didn't work out for me unfortunately so I kind of thought what's the best way for me to still be involved in something that I'm really passionate about so um, yeah, finished my degree with UniSA in 2018 after finishing schooling here. And your favourite sporting moment of all time? It'll have to be um, Mitch Stark in swinging Yorker to Brendan McCullum at the MCG in front of 93,000 people in the 2015 Cricket World Cup. Um, I it, it, the game was quite tense at the time, um, and I we my best friend and I we drove from Adelaide to Melbourne to watch that game. Um, quite tense start. Brendan McCullum, you know, the world's best at the time was batting and Mitch Starks bowled him and it just erupted. It was the loudest thing I've ever heard. Um, and then from there, New Zealand basically didn't get back into the game. So um, amazing, amazing feeling to just have a fast bowler running in, knock him over and that pretty much, you know, get the train rolling for the World Cup win. And then the heroes, you know, Michael Clark, Watson, all of those guys are going around the ground with a trophy and taking photos and things like that. I have amazing memories of that. Really inspira- inspirational. And Path, what's uh, your favourite interview question to ask of candidates or one that you like answering as a candidate? I actually came across this when doing interviews um, at Westpac and it was a question that was asked when I went for a promotional role and it said, Tell us about a time you received feedback which you didn't agree with. How did it go and what was the outcome? And it really knocked me back because I was like, what do I talk about here? Like, when was the time where I was given feedback which I didn't agree with? How do I deal with it? And, you know, reflecting on that question, it really shows who you are as a person. Sometimes others can see a different perspective of the work that you do. Um, and you can always explain yourself or you can explain your perspective on it and learn from the feedback that's given to you. I think it shows great character if a person can talk about different perspectives and um, how they deal with feedback and what they do to improve from it, uh, which is, I believe, one of my strengths is to be able to reflect on how I'm going and things that I'm doing well or things that need a bit of work. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really good question. I've actually included that in my interviews that I conduct moving forward. So nice. Uh, and what's one book or podcast that you'd recommend that's helped you at work? There's a couple. I'm a big uh, podcast man, which is why I'm so excited to be here today. Um, Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Um, she is someone who talks about vulnerability and has done a lot of research in shame and you know emotions of shame. Um, so that's a book by her, which essentially speaks about if you're trying to get, um, closer to someone, whether that's a work team and, you know, work really closely with each other or outside of work, you need to be able to show vulnerability to get vulnerability. Um, everyone has life things that they go through and emotions that they go through. So if you can show your side, you'll soon get buy-in from your team and I'm big on leadership and, still working on my leadership journey. So that's been a really beneficial book for me to read. Um, Not, you know, not really the best at vulnerability myself. So I'm still learning how to be a little bit more vulnerable to get the buy-in from the people that I lead in my different roles. So that's a book that's definitely been helping me. Um, I've recently started reading another one by Jay Shetty and it's called How to Think Like a Monk. Um, that basically is around a mindset more than anything, um, and separating your response from what's happened, um, and reflecting on your thoughts as purely as thoughts and not someone that you are. Um, and that comes in handy in, you know, a lot of situations when I'm playing sport, when I'm at work and I come across a difficult situation. Um, so yeah couple around mindset and how to really get the best out of the people that you work with or the people that you're leading. A couple of great ones there for sure. And Path, are you associated with any grassroots sporting clubs? Uh, yeah, so I play cricket at Sturt Cricket Club myself, um, still kicking around as a player, but um, last couple of years I've decided to be involved with the club uh, in you know capacity that's more than a player so I'm on their management committee for the last two years but also have um, quite a unique role as player welfare officer Um, essentially the idea there is to ensure player safety and well-being Um, if anyone's having any concerns whether they're cricket related or outside of cricket that are impacting them at 
the sport, um, you know, being that sound voice, um, you know, a sounding board for them to come to, whether that's something to do with selection or an incident that happened at training or in the games. Um, so I'm, I absolutely love doing that role. Um, personally, it help, helps, my, um, helps my leadership skills um, and also my interpersonal skills, but then also giving back um, to the club that I've been at for over five years now. Um, it's, yeah, it's really special. You have some really good conversations uh, with players who are going through difficult times. Um, and I think it also feeds my inner purpose of being able to help service others and help others uh, when they need it. Last question, if you had 30 minutes to pick anyone's brain, who would it be? I mean, it's trending at the moment. Um, the one and only Virat Kohli. Um, I would love to sit down with him, although that seems practically impossible to catch a man like him, but, you know, one can dream. Um, and I'd just like to talk to him about how he deals with the immense pressure that he goes through. Um, I mean, India's not a small place by any measure and the pressure that he carries every time he walks out to bat, um, especially in that two-year period where he went about without making 100 and how he sort of stuck with his processes, um, that would be a, a, an eye-opening chat because um, in the media you hear and see things that aren't necessarily true to who he actually is um, and I'd love to just sit down and find out what he's about, how he deals with it all. I'm in India at the moment. I can tell you everybody is wearing a Virat shirt. doesn't matter if India's not playing. I've been to two games where India have not featured and there's more Virat shirts than England, Australia, Afghanistan combined. It's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. And I mean, the merch that they sell just purely because of his name, um, it's it's crazy. Definitely. Awesome. Great answers there, Path. I wish... We're going to have to put these in the main body at some point because there's a lot that I wanted to expand upon there. <laughs> expand the main body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we're going to dive into into your role and what you're doing now at the Crows in just a sec. But um, some people might have come across your name on our website because you're literally at the top of the website because you have made one of the most remarkable transformations of anybody who's come through the community. I believe you joined in, in May this year and then 29 days later you had a job at the Adelaide Crows going from banking to the sports industry. And um, I ask this in particular for other members who are interested in you know, how do I get the most out of the community? How do I make sure it's working for me and I can utilise all the resources? So straight off the bat, like, what did you do in those 29 days? to make that incredible jump? I mean, it's it's not necessarily like, you know, seven secret herbs and spices of KFC or anything like that, but it's essentially, my thinking was for, for a long time then, you guys know about this, for a long time I was umming and ahhing whether or not I want to join sports grad or not. And when I decided to pull the trigger, I was in it to make the most of it. So I went into the Discord and I thought, what can I get out of this? Um, and hundred percent i was like wow there's so many different resources i can work on my resume i can ask questions about cover letters get some opinions from guys who are uh, you know in senior management roles in the sporting industry talk to them about how they got there um you know even just something as little as uh joining in on the networking online networking nights and getting to know one or two more people um, and essentially that is what I did. Like I made the most of what sports grad does for us. Um, and before I knew it, I got to make connections with a couple of really important people. Um, so Samuel and Sunil being two of them who I just reached out and I said, hey, can we have a chat? I'm someone who's trying to get back into the sporting industry. I'm currently working in the banking sector. Um, can we have a chat? what are your thoughts and and just you know it, it wasn't hard it was really easy and credit to both of them um they were really approachable um and happy to have a conversation it even ended up being we exchanged phone numbers and had phone conversations um and it just so happened to be i'd applied for my current role um very lucky i got the call for an interview and here i am panicking like i i have not worked in the sporting industry for four and a half years um, and the first thing that literally came to my mind after I'd done my initial preparation was I'm going to give Sunil a phone call here because he works in the community space. Um, 
and I, you know, with an open mind, I just said, look, what are your thoughts? I've, I've got an opportunity to interview. This is what I'm thinking. And bless him. He was so beneficial to me. He spoke about what his role looks like. Um, what are some of the challenges he faces and how he goes about tackling those challenges in the community space. Um, he spoke to me about potentially some of the questions that may come up and then he also helped me think of some of the answers for these questions. Um, at the same time, I was also talking to Samuel from SportsGrad and he was again super, super helpful um, around having discussions with my current employer at the time, which was Westpac, um, how to speak to them about potential opportunities coming up. Um, and I also had employed, also had an interview coming up for a, um, the FIFA World Cup at the same time. So keeping everyone in the loop, um, how to have those conversations, how to advise your manager about what may or may not happen. Um, and Samuel was great about it. Um, he said in a previous role, he'd been through a time where he was, you know, in between jobs or trying to get into a place where he was following his passion. Um, so first of all, those two people were really, really helpful. The second thing was actually going to a sports grad night um, here in Adelaide. Um, and I just wanted to put myself out there. It, sometimes it can be uncomfortable meeting new people um, and talking to them, you know, you're kind of like, oh, well, I don't, I don't really know them. Um, but I honestly had the most amazing night and it wasn't like it, it, it wasn't like there was an event or, or anything like that. I just got to learn from people who were exactly in the same boat as me, trying to get into the sporting industry, um, got to learn from their experience. There were some people there who were already working in the sporting industry and I got to know them and expand my network significantly, especially in a small place like Adelaide. Um, but then also talk to them about some of my challenges that I was facing, some of their challenges. Um, so it wasn't, like I said at the start, it wasn't really, you know, the secret herbs and spices. I essentially just made the most of what sports grad offers. Um, and I, I absolutely, anyone that I've met, even on that night, recommend it purely because it helps. It genuinely helped me. Like, I I mean, I believe I got a pretty lucky with a short turnaround time of 29 days, but I think the intention was right to be like, what can I do now that I'm, you know, paying for a service like this, which is great. So yeah, made the most of the app is basically what I'm going to say as a short answer. <laughs> I do find it interesting how, uh some people when they become a member it just kind of flicks a switch in their brain they go from you know thinking about teetering around on the edge and you know teetering around on the edge of diving deep into their career and then they become a member and um and that can be enough to be like all right i'm in now i'm not only just invested in being a member but i'm invested in myself and, and want to get out there and make a difference in my career and i think the other beautiful part about that is now there's people like yourself who are in there who are encouraging each other like when you're out there on, on your own, it's kind of just yourself trying to pat yourself on the back and keep yourself motivated. Whereas inside there, you've got, you know, 700 people cheering for you. So um, it is very cool to hear that, like, that's been able to switch in your, in your brain. Yeah. And I think reflecting on what you just said, for quite a while there, I reckon it would have been close to probably six to eight months where I was actually applying for roles, whether that's for Cricket Australia or the AFL. And I just was not getting into my first picked roles. I, you know, I'd get volunteer opportunities and I, I had to just sit down and think what was the gap. And I identified that my targeted network was my gap. I did not know enough people in the sporting industry for them to be able to be a reference point for me or someone that I can learn from or ask questions about how they got into a job that was their first picked in the same area in the sports industry. So. I quickly identified that I needed to expand my network and this easily by far is the best way to expand your network, whether that's face to face at one of the sports grad meetups or, you know, on the online catch ups um, and even just the community, the way you start talking to each other. Um, and some of these guys now, you know, we're, we're close to being friends, like some of them live in other other states, but we talk over social media and things like that. So um, 
I think I identified a gap that needed to be filled and this sports grad was a perfect way to do it for me. Um, and it just paid off really quickly. Uh, but on the back end of it, there was a lot of work that had gone in into, you know, resumes and cover letters and applying for different jobs and taking different angles of trying to get into the sporting industry. Um, so it's great that when it clicked, um, it clicked so well for me. Amazing. Well, now I feel a bit guilty that we're not coming back to Adelaide with a meetup at the end of this year. We'll be back. We'll be back there in February, so we'll get to see you then. But um, will, that's awesome to hear the meetups. Wonderful. Good to hear the meetups have been influential for you too. They have been. They absolutely have been. I I kind of did not know what to expect. Um, I'd never been to one before, so kind of just went in with an open mind. And I honestly, it it was it was actually after a really long day of work um, at Westpac, so. Um, I was pretty drained and I was like, I'll see how I go. But I reckon I was probably one of the last ones there. So um, I absolutely love my time. And I think there was a game of footy on too. So there, there was a lot happening. It was a great night. It was really relaxed as well, which is what I loved about it. Like sometimes it can be too formal. Um, you know, you're handing out cards to each other and exchanging phone numbers and things like that. But what I loved was just come and be yourself, relax, have a conversation stay as long as you want or you know as little as you like and then go home so absolutely loved it one more thing on um the people that you, you chatted to you mentioned sunil who's the head of community at melbourne city football club was there any one particular piece of advice that sticks out in your mind that still sits inside your head i actually spoke to him about any questions that come up around you know enhancing the view on community impact for the Adelaide Football Club or in his case for Melbourne City Football Club. So how do you show the impact that the community team is having on the community um, of, you know, a sporting club? And he gave me some really good ideas around what people like to see um, in interviews. He spoke to me about, you know, making sure that when you speak about impact, it's always backed by statistics and how those statistics improved in your time in a role um, and having that factual stat around what you're talking about. And I specifically remember a question that had come up um, and I used stats behind it to say my answer and my now boss actually commended me on, on the answer because you can talk about an impact on something um, with just comments or you can talk about it with comments and statistics behind it so example being um i was running the programs in one of my previous roles and the re-enrollment rate from term one to term two was 10 percent, which was the highest in australia at the time so it adds facts and statistics behind your success and that's not to boast on about how good you did but it's purely to show the impact that you were able to have in a short amount of time um, and Sunil really drove that home for me. It was not, it's not something that I'd seriously thought about in my interview answers prior to him saying that, but in the space that he works in, that's everything. So the community space, and that's the space that I'm in now, you have to be able to show to um, the executives, the board members, the public, everyone, the impact that you're having out there. Brilliant, mate. Well, speaking about your current role, and, and that was awesome insight is to hear about how you've sort of stepped through that journey to getting in, but keen to hear more about your role at the Mighty Crows and, and what are some of the responsibilities you've got day to day? So I'm still still um, trying to work it all out. I'm quite fresh in my role at the moment, but as I understand it, so my title is Community Engagement Manager. So anything to do with community engagement itself. I will look after that side of it. So whether that's organizing our AFL men's teams players or AFLW players to go to a school for a school visit and run some football clinics, whether that's the entire football team visiting the women's and children's hospital um, and providing some gift bags to the kids who are doing it quite tough. Um, it could be something like organizing the engagement side of a junior member clinic, which is essentially 500 kids come together for two hours of football activities. Um, so planning what that program looks like, what the schedule will be, which players will go to which stations, organizing all the equipment. Um, so it's very operational um, and no two days 
are the same essentially um, and the part that I also love is helping out on match day so like I mentioned before 52,000 people at a showdown uh, will have a player signing before the game so there'll be five players sitting there and you know there's big lineups for fans to come and take photos and get some signatures from the players um, so yeah, it's, it's quite a lot. And on the other side of it is I'm constantly looking to evaluate our current programs that are in place at the moment, um, as well as design new programs. And that's the challenging part because um, that's not something that I've necessarily done before. Um, so learning from what's working out of the industry and then seeing how we can you know, use our strengths um, to come up with new community programs. Uh, we have a mission um, by the end of 2027 to engage um, 100,000 kids um, in our programs. Um, so that's, you know, five years away now, or four years away now. So um, basically coming up off a strat, coming up with a year on year strategy on how we can get to that target. Um, so yeah, amongst all of that, um, is somewhere where my role sits. Amazing. And in and amongst that, have you had many pinch me moments? Yeah, I think that day when we walked into the Women's and Children's Hospital and it was it was quite, I didn't know what to expect because we had the entire team there. Um, and we had Channel 7, the media was there. It was, it was quite a big deal. And we split up into three different groups and our group that I went with, the first group that we walked in was into the cancer ward. And we went and said hello to a young child who'd been doing it quite tough. Um, and they were just over the moon that the players had come to visit them. Um, I actually had to step out of the room because I just didn't realise the impact that players can have on someone who is doing it so tough um, and the conversation that we had with this child they would have been no older than 14 or 15 and it was just purely they, this the second time they've come back to the hospital um, due to a long-term cancer related illness um, and so it was a bit of a pinch me moment because I thought how lucky am I to be in a position to have that influence on someone that's doing it so tough um, that that was a massive eye opener. I actually got home that day, you know, reflected on how lucky I am to be able to have even just the slightest bit of influence on someone, whether that's that puts that kid in a good mood for the day or, you know, drives their motivation levels through the roof. Um, and we on the same day, we actually ran into a young girl who just had a surgery and the parents had reached out to us for the players to record a message. Um, and the mum remembered who, who I was and was just, she had tears in her eyes to say, you don't understand the impact that this has. So it was, it was a massive day for me. But then also there's moments like where you, you know, you're technically working and you, you look around and Adelaide Oval is packed. There's, there's so many people and you're like, this is my workplace. Like I work here. This is, this is crazy. There's people yelling. <laughs> um, and you know, after the game, I've been lucky enough to go down into the change rooms and there's probably like 150 people and then the team walk in, there's Gatorade flying everywhere and you know, sing the song. And it's crazy. Like sometimes I'm, I'm like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. Um, and you know, even, even thinking back this time last year in the T20 World Cup, I remember standing in the India-England semi-final game um, at Adelaide Oval and I, the Indian national anthem was being played and I you know, got a little bit teary. I was like, wow, this is, this is cool. I, I'm working in a place where, you know, the place that I used to live in, that team's come over and they're, they're playing the national anthem. So... It's crazy how many pinch me moments you have in sport and I could talk for days about it. So <laughs> hanging out with uh Guy Sebastian as well down in the change rooms, I saw. Yeah, down in the change rooms with Guy Sebastian and also we just recently partnered up for a mental health program with his foundation as well. So um we had a program launch day and I went over and, you know, introduced myself to him and he's the most humble person ever. Um, you wouldn't think he's a massive superstar, by the way. He's just so down to earth. He gives you the time of the day. Um, he, you know, he's 
literally just talks to you like any other person would. And I'm like, wow, you, you are popular. Like you're quite a big deal. I remember at one of the home games, um, we, you know, we were given the task to take him around the stadium and we were, you know, running 20 minutes late to every single commitment because people were just obsessed. People wanted photos, autographs. They wanted to talk to him and, you know, guy being guy, he likes to give people the time of the day. So that was also really, really cool. Just getting to meet him, but then also hanging out and, you know, going around the ground with him. A couple of things of what you said. One, when you mentioned you're tearing up, um, I had that experience last night. Um, I was very fortunate to be in the ground for um, Glenn Maxwell's 201 not out against Afghanistan, which I was just like beside myself thinking about what one individual had achieved. And I was there at the game by myself, but I thought, holy heck, what have, what have I witnessed right now? And I put this video up on social media and you, in the background you can hear me cheering and squealing and carrying on and my girlfriend messaged me saying like, are you drunk? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm definitely not. <laughs> but like, This is just me being happy. <laughs> yes, exactly. But you're absolutely right. Like sport is probably the only industry in the world that gives you those sort of moments in, in that sort of way. And um, I love hearing a story about the, uh, the impact of your work with the players in a hospital because I think the community departments are unique in that they get to have that sort of impact whereas other departments you know have different kinds of impacts but for example like the the commercial team their job is to bring in a whole lot of money so that clubs or a sporting organization can do the stuff that you're doing whether it's like donate to a school or a hospital or be able to send players out to do these sort of things or or literally to fund a person like you in your role so that the club can have a community impact. Like that's, you know, if money doesn't come in, you can't do that job. And um, having been on the sponsorship side of things, I think, yes, it's exciting. You get to go to games and, you know, you're, you're with all these fancy brands and it's amazing. But I think one part that, you know, sometimes can miss is, you know, you're not in a hospital with the players seeing these... Um, kids with cancer and making an incredible impact on their lives so um i'm very happy to hear that you know you're being able to experience that now particularly transitioning from the world of banking which having never worked in banking i'm sure it's a bit different to going into hospitals to see kids with cancer so um i think it's great insight for those people who are thinking about where do i want to take my career and what impact do i want to have in the world well there's a great example yeah and i 100 percent I'm aligned with, you know, what I want to be able to achieve in my own life outside of work. Like, it's just, it's crazy how getting this role has brought the two together. So for me, it makes me happy to serve others and help others. It's just something that's always brought me joy. And now in my role, I actually have the ability to have that same impact. It's just that I get paid for it, which is I pinch myself because it's quite a lucky position to be in where what you're trying to do in life perfectly aligns with what you're doing at work. Um, there, there's definitely days where, you know, me, one of my mate has a joke that, you know, it's one of those songs where it's like, you know, every day I'm on vacation, I'm not really working, that kind of thing, because it, it some days are gen- genuinely like, it, this does not feel like work. Um, with the other day we were at a, school visit for one of our programs and I had this kid come up to me and and say like I um my my parents said thank you for giving us um you know this free family pass that you provide after the program's done because for the last two years I've been begging my parents to be able to go to a game of football but they literally can't afford it it's not like they didn't want to take me so my parents told me to come and thank you this week and I was like wow like that is crazy that something can have such a big influence and impact. Um, and, and I think the long-term effects is potentially that child taking up sport um, or getting into Auskick or even just being away from screens. It promotes a lot of healthy living out of the community um, and the ability for me to be able to see the bigger picture impact is really motivating. Um, and I said that in my interview for this role is, if I can see that impact, it'll motivate me lots. And so far, I have not been disappointed. You mentioned there the the day-to-day and it often doesn't feel like work. You sort of look around, you're like, how the hell am I getting paid to do this stuff? Um, give us a bit of an insight into what 
you know, Monday to Friday looks like? Are you, you know, you're often out in the field, you're behind the desk or you're Adelaide Oval or where, where do you work and, and how does that look from a, a week-to-week perspective? So to give you a bit of a rundown, um, at the moment we've got a community program called Crow's Kickstart, which is just around participation. So my days are in... So for Tuesday and Thursdays, I'm in different schools. Um, So what we do is we run school clinics from essentially reception to year twos and threes and fours. Um, And that's around increasing participation. So our players accompany me, we'll go out and run those clinics. Um, And the weather's been great lately. So it's again, one of those things like, how am I doing this for work? I'm just having a kick of the footy and teaching kids to take up this sport and learn from it and be outside. Um, and then there'll be times where on a match day, we ran recently a um, Crows family day. So before one of the games, we had all of the Crows players' families come out and have um, a football clinic on Adelaide Oval itself. So, um, and the players, you know, coming up and thanking you saying, you know, thanks for letting my son kick a footy on Adelaide Oval. Um, and I'm kind of like, it wasn't me. I kind of just, you know, organized the clinics. Um, so I, and on match days, um, that could look like uh, player signings. Um, it could be organizing the Guard of Honor. Um, so lining up all the kids and parents when the teams run out, um, you know, safely taking them off the oval um, into one of our rooms or if you know I'm supporting with an inner sanctum experience taking some fans into the rooms um, and then in my days where I'm not out and about in the community like I mentioned so you know women's and children's hospital or the schools um, we we might have requests come in from Flinders Uni where we talk to um, sort of year 10s and 11s around what um, STEM careers there are. So one of the days uh, we went into Flinders University um, in the city to speak to, I think it was probably close to 300 kids that came to that day around the careers that can be explored um, at the Adelaide Crows or sport in general. Um, and then when I'm not out, out and about, um, I'll be in the office at West Lakes. Um, so the team, it's its actually a really cool office to work in because the admin area is upstairs and when you look down, it's where all the players train. So you can look over them having a kick of the footy or a handball or being in the gym and cranking loud music. There's always music going, which is great. Um, you walk in and you feel upbeat. Um, there's times where you definitely need your headphones to have a bit of calm space. But um, yeah, so those days in the office, I'll be looking at like I said, any new programs that are coming in, any new community engagement requests that have come through. Um, we do have a team of um, about six people. So seeing if I can support them or they can support me with their roles as well. We have um, under, you know, in the community space, we have a community programs manager. We have a First Nations programs manager and also the Adelaide Crows Foundation manager. So seeing what support they need in terms of an engagement piece and how I can help them. So, yeah. And and I um, earlier on, I spoke about the point of difference between a financial sector and the sporting sector at Westpac. Whilst it was really great for me, I would just go to the office. I'd spend my time in front of a computer. Eight hours later, I'd be done and I would go home. But the other end of this now at the Crows, um, I get to be, like I said, Women's and Children's Hospital, Adelaide Oval, Flinders Uni, Uni SA, all sorts of different schools that we we go to. Um, currently, we're looking to plan, um, you know, our rural trips. So that might be Port Lincoln or Mount Gambia um, or, you know, different um, areas that are completely remote in South Australia. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite a bit. <laughs> And no two weeks are the same. I assume you'll be uh, taking the kids to Mount Gambia for the the jazz festival they have every year and a bit of shark diving in Port Lincoln as well. So a couple of great spots in South Australia you're hitting up. Yeah, I'm not sure about the jazz festival, but uh, shark diving might be up my alley. (laughs) Big jazz guy. I I actually am, for those who don't know. (laughs) Used to play the trumpet. (laughs) Massive trumpet guy. (laughs) <laughs> had a wonderful night at a jazz club in Paris recently, which uh, was amazing. But 
Anyway. Did you grab the trumpet? I was tempted to. I was tempted to. <laughs> there were some incredible scenes of, you know, 40, 50, 60 year olds even just dancing at midnight in Paris. But um, that's a story for another story time. Story for another day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, Path, you've, you've explained a lot about your role, which sounds absolutely incredible. I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, how do I do this? What are some of the essential skills that you think you need to work in the community space? Something that I reflected on, and I think what I did was just in a little notebook, I wrote what my ideal role looks like um, and in what organisation um, and kind of thought, what are the skills that will be required? If I just close my eyes and I picture myself working in that role, what are the skills that will be needed? Sorry to interrupt. When did you first write this down in the notebook? I reckon it would have been probably a year and a half, two years ago. Um, yep. So it wasn't wow. anything recent. Um, and so, and it, and it doesn't have to be war and peace. It was just, I think it was probably six dot points that I wrote. Um, and I thought, if I'm in the role, which is X role at the time, what will I need? Um, one of them was leadership um, for two reasons. I think um, I see myself being in a senior leadership role um, at a sporting industry at some point. Um, and so I thought I need to be really good at leadership, um, regardless of what the actual role was, whether that was in operations or, you know, administration or, you know, even just something along the lines of football operations where I'm looking at data and helping the actual football team or a cricket team. I needed communication. That was that was a big one for me. The ability to be able to communicate not only face-to-face -face, online to different um, audiences, so kids, stakeholders, um, senior members of your work team, board members, executives. So being able to have different communication styles for different occasions and different audiences. Um, and something that's a big strength of mine is just organization skills. So planning and staying ahead of what I need to do, um, allocating enough time for tasks that might take a little bit longer, stepping away when I need to and changing my focus. So the three that I was really big on was leadership, communication and organization, because I thought those skills, they're bound to help you in probably nine out of 10 roles. Um, so yeah, and, and they, are, you know, I use those skills daily. I've got a team of four at the moment that report into me. Um, so I'm leading them, leading kids at a school clinic. They have to listen to you. You have to be able to lead them to deliver a successful program, um, communicating to different stakeholders in different occasions. Um, so yeah, those were the three that really stood out for me. And I, you know, I'm still working on all of those and still learning daily but I think they've definitely helped me. Where did the um, foresight to think to write these down come from? Um, I think it just comes from my organisational OCD kind of vibe. Like I, you know, just when I see a problem, I want to sit down and work it out. I'm one of those people who who think about it and will have a bit of a plan and then I'm okay. Otherwise, I won't stop thinking about it. So it's it's it, it's self-diagnosed OCD, basically. Um, and I sort of wrote it down thinking, if I get it out on a piece of paper, it's written, it's out of my mind, and then I can, you know, visually see what I need to do to be able to get better. Um, and when I say get better, I meant get in a role that's been a big passion of mine for a really long time. Don't get me wrong, Westpac was probably... The, the best job that I've had in terms of my personal growth. The only thing it was lacking was sport. Um, and so I find it, uh, I found writing that list was a bridge into getting to where I wanted to get to in terms of my passion. Is journaling still part of of your day-to-day? -day? Like do you, do you do that to visualize thoughts, things like that? Um, I wouldn't say daily, but when I'm in a pickle, I turn to it. I sometimes get in my own head like we all do and you know the negative thoughts sort of start to go in a bit of a cycle and then what I do is I literally write down on a piece of paper what's bothering me what can I do about it and do I have a bit of a plan and it's crazy that you can you know I'll get caught up in it for days and just 
being so negative about my thoughts and emotions, I won't think of writing things down. And then the minute that I do, it's gone. I'm, I'm no longer thinking about it because I've written down, I've recognized what the issue was, what's bothering me. And then I've got a bit of a plan to follow, um, which might not always come true, but at least you've got a direction you can go into from those thoughts or issues that you're having at work or outside of work. Um, so I don't, I wouldn't say I do it daily, but whenever I'm in a pickle or something's really challenging me, um, it's the same notebook. It's probably six, seven years old. It's probably coming apart now, but comes in handy. It sits in my bag and my work bag. So I take it everywhere with me. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. I love hearing that path. This has been a, a really insightful and amazing chat. I'm so glad we've found the time. Finally, to, to wrap up, is there any advice that you would give to someone who's also to look to swap industries into sport? Yeah, being on the other side now, I say that with inverted commas, um, it's funny, I've come to the recognization that the skills that are required in either the sporting sector or the financial sec sector to work um, in those spaces are actually quite transferable when you think about it. So the skills that I took from the financial sector into the sporting sector, customer service, um, it still stays the same. You're looking after people, you're providing a service. Leadership, you're leading people, you're leading your community, stays the same. Um, communication styles, they stay the same. You need to be able to talk verbally, written communication, online, all of those. Um, and, you know, the ability to show that you're organized and you can work to a schedule and have, um, you know, someone that's really conscious of their time. Um, all of those things, I was using those skills in the financial sector, but then I've easily transferred them over into the sporting sector. Um, so when I was actually working for Westpac, there was definitely times where I was thinking, I'm not sure if these, if, you know, the skills that I'm using at the moment is what I'll be needing in the sporting industry, but having come to the other side and now that I'm using those same skills, it's actually not much of a big difference. So I mean, my, my advice would be if you're someone that's thinking I'm not in an industry where it'll be beneficial to have these skills to get me to a sporting role, um, I'd probably think twice. I would think about how these skills that I have will be beneficial for me in a sporting sense, um, whether that's someone that's got a health and, you know, strength and conditioning background, could you work, could you take those skills into um the strength and conditioning area of a football club or a cricket team um, or a basketball team, whether that's someone who's got a data background, could they be a data scientist or be on the insight team at a footy club or a cricket club or, um, you know, rugby. So my advice is that think twice about the skills that you've got because um, at some point you'll find that they are beneficial in the industry that you want to get into. Some great advice. Uh, before we wrap up, Rubes, you're the uh, the podcast encyclopedia. Uh, are there any other episodes relating to the community space that our listeners can tune into? Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you go back a couple of episodes, we chatted with Francesca Tay from Football Australia who works in the community space specifically on the legacy of the FIFA Women's World Cup. So she's episode 262. And then our path, you mentioned Sunil Menon from Melbourne City Football Club. He's back in episode 239 he's got a great story of how he got into the industry and then took off from there and uh, and for those who want a another story of another career swapper uh maddie wreath another recent episode 260 went from childcare into venues and the fifa women's world cup the brisbane broncos as well and um yeah, she's another recent one for uh, those career swappers who want some more stories. What number is Kerry Gasner as well? He's a, he's a great story. Kerry Gasner is early 200s. I'm going to say he's 208. I reckon he was one before BT, who's 210. Brilliant. We, a couple of episodes people can tune into. Uh, if you don't, if that number's not perfect, just search Kerry Gasner and you, you'll find it. But uh, Path, mate, as we said at the top and, and off air, we've... We've been wanting to do this episode for a little while because we absolutely love your story. 
Um, not just because, you know, it was 29 days you were, you remember and you got a job. Like, yes, that's fantastic. But just hearing where you've come from, coming from banking into sport and just hearing the, the joy that you get from what you do, like it was just wonderful to, to hear um, uh, just chatting to you. Um, you can just feel that you really enjoy what you do and you love bringing joy to people's lives through sport. And uh, it's just outstanding stuff. So we really appreciate your time, mate. And we can't wait to get back to Adelaide, uh, February 2024. Um, basically, that, that ticket's on us, mate. We'll, we'll, we'll get that for you for the, for the meetup, obviously. But uh, we can't wait to, uh, to see you back in Adelaide. And, and thanks again, mate. No worries. No problems at all. One thing I forgot to mention in the greatest piece of advice that I've been given as well is if nothing changes, nothing changes. Great advice. That's one that stuck with me. Um, so if you're someone who's looking to make a change, make a change, do something different, try something different, see if it works for you. Um, and thank you. It's It's been um, really good to just, even myself, just reflecting on the last four months, like I said, really recent for me. Um, so almost reiterates talking about it on this podcast that, you know, I am quite lucky um, to do what I've been doing. Um, and it's actually a really good way to reflect um, so yeah, thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about it. Um, still learning in my role, still growing in it. Um, so yeah, absolutely loved it. Thanks again, mate. Guys, it's time now for the people's segment of the podcast, Ask Sports Grad, where every week we answer a question directly from our community, which are asked by our Sports Grad members. And if you want to join, join our next intake at sportsgrad.com.au slash community and you can add, get added to our mailing list and you can keep up to date. Rubes, this one comes from Michaela and I love this question. Uh, any advice on how to best seek a mentor? My university has a mentor program but there isn't anyone who is involved in the sports industry currently in it. Great question, Michaela. Excellent question, Michaela. And um, I'm glad that you're thinking about this because having a mentor can be one of the most influential elements to a successful career if you've got someone who can give you feedback regularly and just guide you in the right direction that can uh that can save you a lot of wasted time and point you in the right direction to do things a lot lot quicker so definitely recommend finding a mentor i've got a few who i talk to re- uh, regularly which are of excellent value in terms of how do you find one well there's kind of two ways to do it um the first way is you can go through a mentor program and say hey, I want a mentor, can the program please match with someone suitable? Second way is you can find someone who's in your network, who you gel with, who you trust and and can catch up with them. I prefer the second way. I've been a part of the first way before and I've I've found that sometimes it can kind of be a bit of a band-aid approach. It's like, all right, this person signed up to give help, this person needs help, just go together. It's not always a great fit and it can kind of, you know, you, you, the foundations are built on the fact that it's it's a little bit of an exchange. Whereas the second way is built on primarily the foundation of a, of a friendship first. Like if you know a lot of people and you get to know the right people first, you can form a friendship with people of all different ages, then it becomes easier to have a conversation about what to do with your career or, or anything else you need advice on. So... In terms of how do you find that second type of natural mentor, the first thing you need to do is go out and meet a whole lot of people. So say for example, you go out there and try and meet 100 people and maybe um, you get to meet 50 of them and of those 50, you send each of them an email asking for help. Say you have a question related to your career, you've got two job options, you're not sure which direction to take. Say of those 50, you probably get 20 of them that respond to you. So from that 20, you'll now have 20 bits of advice. And you then can take on bits of advice and have a listen to um, what they're offering and see what's good for you. Then from there, go and take action on the bits of advice that you like. Once you've done that, report back to those people and say, hey guys, I um, I have taken this action. Here's what I'm doing. If you hear back from them again, they're now invested in you because they've given you advice, yep. you've gone and done it, they've, you, they have seen a result in you no. and no. Um, they're going to want to help you yep. more. From that, you'll probably get like five or ten that you know keep helping you. 
and now you can just start to kind of funnel down a, a, a mentor that is good that is good fit for you. So then you can keep going further than that. You know, if you want help with something else, you ask them a second question. And if they respond to you, then now you've got a, a really invested mentor. By that point, you've probably cut 100 people down to, you know, two or three. And if those two or three are experts at different things, then that's probably the right amount that you want. So the way I would do this is just casting it wide, ask a question, see who responds, take action on their response, then see who responds again, that person's your mentor. Love that. It's a process. It's like super organic as well. And like you said, I think the mentors that we have are essentially friends and that's how it's kind of evolved from just initial questions and, and building of that relationship. And I think you'll find the more, like you said, once you act on somebody's advice, that'll automatically draw them to you and, you know, they'll appreciate that at the same time. So often it might fall on your lap following that, you know. So um, great question. These, like, these mentors, they want to know that they're spending their time usefully. And so if they're giving out advice and they're spending time with you and you're not taking action yep. on what they're saying, then they're not going to give you their time no. again. No. <laughs> Simple as yeah. that. So if you can show them that you actually listen and you do the thing, then that will give you more time. Yeah. Nice one. Great question, Michaela. Thank you for that. Wonderful. If you'd like to ask us a question, as I said, uh, join the sports grade community. You can join our wait list for our next intake. Like we said, it's November 28th. So there's a few really cool events coming up that you can be part of. So join our wait list and get involved in that. Every fortnight, we've got virtual events, whether that's speed networking, masterclasses, job fairs. It's all happening all inside the community. In the meantime, find us on LinkedIn. Give some love with a rating if you enjoy the show. Subscribe on Apple or follow on Spotify. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Hey guys, one last thing before you go. If you'd enjoy a quick email from us each Friday on all the latest job openings, networking events, Q&As with industry professionals and latest podcast episodes, then subscribe to the SportsGrad newsletter. Head to our website, www.sportsgrad.com.au forward slash newsletter to subscribe. There's also a link in our show notes to join.